Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy, and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you can be prepared to win the battle for business. That's right. So thanks for being on board today. And of course, a big thanks to our good friends and sponsors at Corbett Public Relations, where they've been promoting and protecting businesses and brands for over 30 years. So do yourself a favor. Visit Bill and his team at CorbettPR.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T-P-R.com. Welcome aboard, everybody. Now, often with my show and my listeners, I like to start off with a question. Today's question for you, so you think you want to be an entrepreneur? That's a good question. Well, what I'd like to do is share with you two traits that I've observed with all the entrepreneurs that I know personally, with all of the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed here on The Profit Express. And these two traits, these two characteristics are the ones that represent and are the reasons for so much of the success entrepreneurs enjoy. The first trait, just like moths are drawn to a flame, entrepreneurs love the idea of the high risk, high reward potential of being an entrepreneur. That's number one. Number two, entrepreneurs are great at being open-minded, at being creative to identify the next great opportunity. Because also something that happens with entrepreneurs, again, we're talking high risk, high reward, there can be the crash and burn. So sometimes that first idea may just crash and burn. That's why great entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs are always on the lookout for the next great opportunity. And hey, listen, if you didn't crash and burn with your first idea, then like many great successful entrepreneurs, you could be operating off of several great ideas. And that's exactly what today's guest did. He's Robert Esposito. He's the founder of Relocator Services, Inc. And the first thing that he did, and it started with a really great story, when his mom had an estate sale business, and she was just in desperate need of some relocation and moving services, so she reached out to her son. So, like any good son, he helped out mom. And then the opportunity started to keep trickling in and, and growing and expanding. So the light bulb went off. And Robert, even though he came from humble beginnings and didn't have the financial backing, did whatever he could to scrimp and scrounge and save. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take the plunge. And he invested in his first box truck. So from those humble beginnings in 2008 and by being able to continually being able to identify opportunities, he is now the founder of a business that is a multi-million dollar business that operates in several states, has nearly 60 employees. And it started with just moving in storage and it went to relocation and remediation. And it kept on going because he's a kind of entrepreneur who again, like that, that moth to the flame, he loves the risk reward and he's great at identifying opportunity. And that's why I want him on today to share his story. Because if you're thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, if you think you have what it takes, I'll tell you what, if you listen to Robert's story, you say, hey, you know what? I, I have exactly what it takes. I know I could be an entrepreneur like Robert, or you know what? <laughs> I, I, there's a hell of a lot I can learn from Robert. So that's why we have people like Robert on the show today. So Robert, it's a pleasure to have you on board the Profit Express. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. No, listen. Thank you for that warm welcome. 
<laughs> my pleasure. Listen, entrepreneurs, you know, of which I'm one myself, we're a unique breed. We're a passionate breed. We're, we're hungry. We're go-getters. We're scrappers. Uh, and we, we make the economy uh, thrive, you know? And you, 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 and when I was introduced to your story and when I knew I wanted to have you on, you go about it just, it's not fancy, it's not sexy, it's not social media. You saw an opportunity. We're going to get into that story with your mom. It's a really interesting story. And you were willing to take risk. And you didn't just stop, you know, at, you know, I'll do some moving and storage and maybe I'll make a nice little business. But the more you were exposed to the industry, the more that you identified opportunity and it, and it just grew and exploded from there to now where you're enjoying, you know, you have a company, you know, multi-million dollar company, multiple states, 60 employees. So uh, I, I can't wait to get into the details on this. So let's, let's go back to the story with mom. So mom is, she owns a, an estate sale business and it starts where she's, she's in a panic. She needs moving and storage services. She reaches out to you. What happens next? Yeah, well, what happened was I would um, I would clean out the houses that her clients needed um, to, to have the house empty and ready for new owners. And they needed it, what they call walkthrough ready. So mm -hmm. she would call on me and me and my friends would rent dumpsters and clean out the houses on the weekends. And from there, what happened was uh, a lot of the clients, when they were still alive, when it was like a tag sale, they were moving into assisted livings and the assisted living directors weren't too fond of the movers. And since they were mutual clients of my mother and theirs, they would kind of twist my arm to rent a moving truck and do like a small delivery. <laughs> and uh, at the time I was finishing college and one day, like I was just thinking about it, all her clients need either a move or a clean out. You know, why don't I buy a small box truck and try to set up like a delivery junk removal company? And that's kind of how it uh, birthed in the beginning. Okay, so that's interesting. So your your mom has her clients, and then th these these folks are, are downsizing. They're going into assisted living, and then it's interesting because the assisted living people don't like the the moving and storage companies. They they like you know how you're running your business, what you're doing, and. I don't want to say they twisted your arm, but they really kind of drew you in and, and just want to keep throwing you business, right? Exactly. They wanted more of a personal touch. I was already working with the clients. We were already working with the family. And what you got to understand about like these types of people in this situation is if you, if you Google life's biggest stressors, it's death, divorce, moving, serious illness. Like it becomes before cancer almost, but it's a service and it's like a trade, but it's not a trade. And so these people are going through these multi-level life's biggest stressors at the same time. And they were, the assisted livings were really wanting like a personal touch, somebody like that they could depend on to come to their facility and move the person in because it was such a big deal in their lives at the time. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I've moved a couple of times in my life there. There's a lot of stress, you know, so, so I can I can relate to that. But, you know, when you think of moving in storage, you think of, you know, moving boxes, moving furniture, you, you know, that that's yeah. like, you know, the, the top surface of it. But really, and I like how you describe that, especially with with seniors, 
you know, they're older, they're more vulnerable, they can be taken advantage of, and there's a real real emotional component to that, and, and you were able to kind of tap into that and, and you know, you know, use the service, you know, not just being, what I'm trying to say is you're not just moving boxes for these people. You understand it, yeah. you had empathy, really. That's what I was trying to say, you had empathy with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a trade, but it's more than a trade because you think about it and you put it up with like roofing or siding or, you know, landscaping. It's, right. You're, you're in a moving, you're a trade, you're in the trades, but you're not. You're like, it's like over here with these great life stressors. And the reason is like, <laughs> I'm just funny. I'm doing a commercial right now and my, my kids are in it and my son's line is like, strangers come and touch everything you own. And that's <laughs> the truth. Like, Strangers come, they take everything you have and they put it in a truck and you don't know who they are, you know, other than some online reviews and or a recommendation. And that's a big deal for people, you know. Wait, all right. So you're doing a commercial for the business. So you have your family in it. So your son has a cameo. That was his line. That's yeah. a great line for your son. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, OK, yeah. so it starts out. You, you kind of just fall into this opportunity. But again, we're talking about, you know, do you think you're an entrepreneur? You think you want to be an entrepreneur? You identify and you run with it. Then you just don't have, you know, a small, successful little moving and storage business. Opportunity can come in a whole bunch of, of, of different shapes and sizes. And fortunately, unfortunately, there was the natural disaster of Hurricane Sandy. Again, for those of us who live in Long Island, 2012, it absolutely crushed, you know, Long Island, the city, Queens, even into New Jersey. It was devastating for us. And, but for you, fortunately, again, entrepreneurs can find opportunity even in tragedy and natural disasters. Hurricane Sandy was a big opportunity for your business. What happened there? Yeah, well, what happened there was, and it's funny because my mentor, um, who I was actually partners with now, we were having lunch today, said the same thing it said 20 years ago. It was the first time I heard it again, where he said, like, you could start one place and end up so far over in a different place, but you would never get there without the first place, yet they have no connection. And we do a lot of packouts now for like restoration companies and people um, that are going through like fire or water damage. And it's like, it's fitting to us because it's just a more stressful situation. But right, the way right. it started was, we wound up packing out like 150 homes after Hurricane Sandy and Build It Back had been raising all the homes on Breezy Point and I happened to get an account and it just opened my eyes to, wow, this is an industry for us. So we kind of, you know, dove headfirst into it and really um, tried to perfect an even more stressful type of moving where people are, you know, going through something that happened catastrophic or minor, but still very inconvenient and uh, we're able to assist them with that. So that became like a great avenue for us. All right. So you said, I think you said a, a pack out. So for, for those who don't know, and I actually had, there's a family member down in Massapequa, which is the South shore on Long Island. As, as you mentioned, Robert, people to, to still live on the South shore had to actually basically put their house up on stilts. Right. So they had to take everything out. It was a tremendous process. Exactly. And you can think of it now, like if you have to redo your wood floors, it's the same thing. If, you're, if your refrigerator leaks and your floors buckle, 
you know, now you have this headache, you got to get everything out of the house, pack it up while the work's being done and then brought back. So we kind of like perfected that avenue of uh, moving people out in emergency situations. Now, okay. So it's interesting because I'm I'm imagining, um, you know, moving relocation storage. It's an, it's an asset intense. It's, it's, it's requires finance. It requires capital, um, for you guys to take advantage of that, I mean, were you, f- at the time, you know, y- you had this opportunity, you know, based on Hurricane Sandy, um, what did you have to do as far as an investment to be able to take advantage of, of that growth opportunity? If, I mean, with your opening, if we're speaking to the new entrepreneur, I would think uh, my advice my best advice would be to never look at what you're actually making and make sure you're putting it all back into the business. Because for me, right. You know, my dad loaned me some money to help me buy my first truck, which was like $4,000 in 2008. (laughs) And I mean, I used to have to put gas in it two, three times a day because I couldn't fill it. You know, I couldn't fill the tank for the day. Um, at the time, you know, I have to wait to get paid on one job and then put gas in it for the second job. So really just focusing on, you know, being smart with your money and everybody looks at how much money they're making. Also, how much you're spending. And, you know, that was that took me a long time to learn too. like watching, you know, little things equal big things when it comes to, you know, watching your financing and understanding how to manage money, especially through those like steps where you're taking on more assets. But yet now you have more be- more bills and a bigger yeah, yeah. month not more, to, more loan payments and yeah 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 God. wow that well see yeah. but that's that that that's part of of the hustle y- you know it, there's a lot of elements that aren't necessarily pretty right and y- you got to do what you got like listen you, you had this job in the morning you know what we got to get there. We, we, we got to do it. We got to get paid. And then it'll give us just enough to keep on the second job and then so on and yeah. so on from there. Um, exactly. Yeah. Inch, inch by inch, step by step. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's not pretty, yeah. but you, you just gotta, you gotta smile and, and, and get through it. Um, so again, with, with entrepreneurs and, and like with social media, there are, you know, the social media influences, and we romanticize successful entrepreneurs because it looks great. You know, the success, the fame, the dollars. But that's often not to me. It's not realistic. And, it, you know, to you, you are, you know, a, a regular guy who went out, hustled, found opportunity, and, and created success. So from 2008, now it's 2023, you stood the test of time. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you have nearly 60 employees and that's, you know, that's a, that's a sizable payroll. Um, what would you attribute? Because, you know, what do entrepreneurs want to hear from other entrepreneurs? They want to hear, how do you grow? You know, so what have been some of your growth strategies that you've relied on to, you know, that you could say, hey, this is what helped me get to where I am today, Tim? I think it's a great question. I think burning bridges is huge. Like you can never burn bridges in business. And Mm -hmm. I think so much can be solved with communication. And a lot of times people are quick or ignorant to, you know, working out a situation, even if it doesn't work out perfect, 
you leave on amicable terms. Networking has been number one for me. I am a full believer. Know your, show me your network. I'll show you your net worth. Um, since day one, I, I've extremely relied on networking to one, receive business and two, navigate the business world. You know, having a network of people who are experts that you can mm -hmm. call on during certain situations, I think is absolutely clutch. And a lot of people who are successful with their business, they, on their own, they, they neglect the networking. And mm. I think on a building platform, it sometimes does not serve them. So are you, you mentioned something. I want to make sure the listeners hear, because, you know, I think a lot of us in business have heard it, but it's, it's a great, it's a powerful uh, statement, Rob. And it's, you said, show me your network. I'll show you your net worth. Um, super powerful. So, what is, how does Robert Esposito network? What is your approach? I'm, first off, I've been a part of uh, BNI, um, which is like mm -hmm. an international organization of local um, networking groups. Sure. Uh, you know, one deep per profession for over 11 years. I've been president, I've been director, I've, I've spoke and done trainings for hundreds mm -hmm. of people in the New York um, area, but also like on other levels, like I'm constantly Facebooking people in my industry, LinkedIn, trying to link up with people, doing local events, or even just like in a barbershop, if there's a trade and, uh, and I see them pull up in a van, I'll just start, you know, shooting it with the person and talk mm -hmm. to them and, you know, quick to be grab a phone number, see if you could work together, put it in sure. your pocket and big, big on things like that. Just totally be open to different people in different industries. You know what, you know, it's part of the key here. Cause I, I started again, you know, when I started my business, I didn't have a budget for, for advertising or, or, or marketing. And I, I was, my part-time job was, was networking. And I went out and I was, you know, morning, noon and night, whatever opportunity I could to get out there. And I'm sure you, you experienced it. I know I experienced it. The kind of people who would just go to networking events for, you know, to make a sale, to be transactional. But you said a few key things there that I, I respect. And it's the right way to network. You said, hey, I, I, was, I was on the board. I was president. I gave talks. So that's, that's bringing value to the network. Because, again, the way I always look at networking is not transactional. It's not a sprint. It's really a marathon. And like you said, I think BNI was the organization. You were part of it for 11 years. So you're putting in your, your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with what you said more. And to that effect, it's all the, the philosophy of reciprocity. Like, I, I mean, if you look at my lifetime, I, I give millions on BNI. I receive millions. And, you know, I try to teach people all the time, especially newer people, that mm -hmm. it's you come in here thinking like a referral is the greatest thing. Like, look, you know, my dues are X amount of dollars and I got this referral and it's going to pay for it. And that's so great. And it becomes like a situation after years where like, and I don't mean this conceited and I don't mean this in, in a negative way, but like a referral is almost annoying. Like you gotta, the, you know, they're a friend now, you gotta stop what you're doing. You gotta cater to it. And, right. and you know, you gotta respond about it. Whereas like, 
the network is, you know, the 150 people you know and 150 people you know, and who could be your next biggest account? Or who can you call on when you're in an emergency or navigating a situation? Like that becomes a network so much greater than that referral you receive hand to hand. That's well. Listen, I, I can I can tell you you clearly understand the world of networking because yes, we, we, we love to get referrals, but like you said, who's not just going to be your next biggest account, which is obviously is great. But another thing, and I always like to remind, like like even my clients, that if you do networking right, you will find a resource that you can rely on, it could be an attorney, it could be an accountant, it could be a mover, right? And that could be a great resource for your own business. Or listen, you know, I'm sure you get asked a million times, hey, do you know an accountant? Do you know the lawyer, et cetera? And they become just, you know, a great resource to strengthen our own networks. Absolutely. And, and it's such a tough, it's a, such a tough world out there where even like the most instinctual savvy cunning people there's so many like tricks and i had my next door neighbor and my brother both get into a car accident they're both okay last week and i was able to put them in touch with an attorney and uh and uh auto body guy right away very close people to me and in the one day where they were linking up my brother got fished by a attorney and accidentally signed with him you know and it's like the the world is set up to trick you you know and we have to like get it back and my attorney had to step in and it just goes to show you like how valuable having like a network of trusted people is you know a situation like that where you don't even think that that has nothing to do with business but it has everything to do with business wow um yeah and all right so let me ask you this this is interesting so i I, i've spoken about and i've referenced you know social media and so many of us use social media to grow business today. How is is social media? I don't know. I don't want to assume. Is social media important in you growing your business, or do you really rely more on networking? I definitely re rely more on networking, mm -hmm. um, but I also teach like people. Like if I if I'm doing a speech and I'm not mentioning my business because I'm speaking, I'm not there for my business. Right. I'll make sure that everybody in that room, whether it's a hundred people or 30, I'm Facebooking the next night. This right. way I'll get the roster. I'll get whatever I have to this way. They're seeing my business for the rest of their lives, you know, right. and that's that one speech, which had nothing to do with my business and they don't even know what it is. They're going to know my business for the rest of their lives. So there is a, a self-servingness to it. And I think the moms groups are by far the most effective form of advertising these days and that's the thing though how do you get 20 people to recommend you in a mom's group unless it's right. your town it's people in your network and that's who does it or else it's one or two and you're everybody else so it's both <laughs> right so you're 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 doing a great job of combining both you know traditional networking and and social media i i feel though that I, I guess I'd be a little bit nervous, not nervous, but worried that the the younger generation, you know, is, is it millennial, is, is it Gen Z, might not embrace networking. 
you know, because because yeah. again, if, if they're more, you know, they're more attuned, they've got their devices and they they could be less comfortable. Because I, I, you know, whether it's family or people who work for me, the millennials, the younger, the Gen Z, you know, they're not as accustomed, you know, to that face to face, to the networking, to, you know, grabbing lunch together. I think they may miss out on that. I think you're absolutely right. And I also think like what you said before, I don't know if the term you use farming, not hunting, like that's what networking right. is. And they, they don't, they, and the instant gratification. So they don't understand the long-term value of, you know, it, or it's not, it's not in their wheelhouse. It's not in their, you know, nature. Right. Um, you have, you have a very interesting approach to your, to your business. You, you, you network, you hustle. I definitely get the sense you're a hustler. And I mean that in a good sense. It's not ne hustler yeah. in, in a negative sense. To, from, from me to you, that's a compliment, you, you know, um, 100%. And then also, you're certainly smart enough to embrace uh, social media. Now, now, so here's something interesting, though. So we talked about growth strategies. But obviously, you know, you, you talked earlier about, you know, you always got to be careful about money coming in, money going out. Cash flow is king to any business because if cash flow is not healthy, you, you know how how miserable life can be. So if you're in the you know moving and storage business, there's there's buildings, there's trucks, you know, they all cost money, you know, to rent, to lease, to buy, to maintain, etc. You've been in business since '08, so what what? guidelines or measures do you use to you know carefully say okay hey, it's time for a new truck well what to be specific when it comes to new truck i mean it might not be the most scientific approach but i just look at every six months how much truck rental expense we have and you know we might not need the next truck but if i see it hitting two, three, four thousand dollars mm -hmm. in any given time, you figure it's like two hundred and fifty dollars a day to rent the truck. Then I know like, all right, you know, one truck's always down and we're up to kind of capacity. So we should we should be looking at the next truck right now. And there's times we don't we go a couple of years without buying trucks. And I think in 2020 we bought four that year. So um, that's one of the stages. Wow. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. And so if 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 your fleet is is aging or down, and you're just doing rent, renting a lot more, then it's time to make that investment. Um, and also, so in a way, you're also in the real estate business because of of you know you need space for storage. Um, real estate is interesting. Again, I don't know that world, but certainly since COVID, there's you know real estate you know commercials is really been hammered. How have you, has that been a good opportunity for you to take advantage of good deals in real estate? Yes. I'm, my business naturally offshoots, you know, a pretty good number of storage units per year. So we've been able to, you know, utilize that and leverage it into buildings. The um, market has not helped. It's helped in the fact that we own buildings and we've, done very well with mm -hmm. them but uh on the purchase side you know the markets our market's great we're not buying these big like box stores that are probably at a discount right now right we're, okay. we're buying like industrial small eight to fifteen thousand square feet so it's kind of like the sweet spot in the market right now 
But oh, okay. um, it's good as an owner, you know, not as a purchaser. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so today's conversation, the Profit Express, it's, hey, so you think you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you have what it takes? And I was sharing with today's guest, Robert Esposito, is the founder of Relocator Services, Inc. Um, what I have known as a business owner, what I've known as the host of the Profit Express and all the entrepreneurs that I know and that I've interviewed, what are those two key characteristics of an entrepreneur? You know what? They're like a, a, a moth drawn to the flame with the high-risk, high-reward potential, okay? Sure, they can crash and burn. Sure, it happens. So they love the risk-reward, number one, and number two. And it's one of the things I find most interesting and fascinating about so many entrepreneurs, just like today's guest, Robert Esposito. They're really good. They're really creative. They're open-minded at finding the next great opportunity. So, Robert, again, I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation and for somebody like you who's created the success you've created, you know, from really humble backgrounds, you know, I, I, I still love that story of, hey, I didn't have enough money to fill up the tank today. So uh, <laughs> I had to wait to get paid on the first job. That's such a great entrepreneur story. Um, as you look back on your business, if you had a do over or a mulligan, what, what would it be? It's a really good question. learn faster i mean i think so much of it you can be self-taught and having an issue and being able to you know look up the answer especially nowadays with google and youtube and everything kind of do anything so you know you you sit with things and the other thing would be giving up um on a bad hand you know your your gut tells you and any entrepreneur out there they're an entrepreneur because they can make decisions with their gut and it takes a long time to have the confidence to be very fast at making those decisions because you'll follow a bad hand to a certain right. level of time that you already know. And you knew the whole time. Learn faster, trust your gut. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's a great way to, 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 to mic drop yeah. the interview. Um, <laughs> Rob, thanks so much for being on board today. Uh, people want to, you know, connect with you. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, our website's usrelocators.com. U.S. like United States, R-E-L-O-C-A-T-O-R-S. And our phone number is uh, 1-88-507-RELO, R-E-L-O. Awesome. Usrelocators.com. Yeah. No, my, listen, I, I, lo I love the story. I love the hustle. Thanks for being on board thanks. today, Rob. My pleasure. Thank you. And this is the Profit Express. And listen, be on the lookout. Be ready every Wednesday for great shows like the one I just had with today's guest, Robert Esposito, the founder of Relocator Services, Inc. Do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? So follow me, follow the show, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know the handles. You know what to do. The, bull, the, the, the bells, the whistles to hit, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. And until next time, Let's continue to win the battle for business.